Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, David, we've had the opportunity to use our Nord accounts in the last couple of weeks. Um, as someone who hasn't had a, a, an overwhelming experience with uh, using virtual networks, I'm really enjoying being able to use uh, my Nord account. And I think that, you know, with someone such as yourself with a background in it, it's proven to be to be really, really important to you. Well, yeah, I used to work in web for a number of years. And in fact, that was my interest in web that made me start a podcast, you know, and then get interested in all the, the new things you could do. Uh, and therefore, internet security has always been something that, that I take a special interest in because I think that like most people now, Cammy, I do so much of uh, my life is, is is online and so much of it is important stuff like banking and whatnot. So it really is important to me to know that I'm using something that's quite safe and that I'm, I'm making sure my details are as safe as they can be because I've had the thing in the past where, you know, I've had to change bank cards and it's a pain in the neck and you know takes ages to get reset so i'm keen to avoid that any way that i can and especially we're using things like public wi-fi networks which you know hackers love that's kind of places hackers go to so knowing that i just need to flip on the nordvpn and i'm safe and protected is huge it will allow you access into different streaming services as well, but they have the option of over 59 different countries. Uh, so you can change your virtual location with just one click as well, uh, which gives you some real opportunities to be able to go out to get loads of different um, content, no matter what your entertainment is going to be, David. And I think that, as you've said, living in that kind of virtual world now, um, it just really opens up all the different benefits to it as well. And personally speaking, uh, as someone who is similar to yourself, just does so much stuff online, but you're out and about constantly as well. Having that kind of sense of security is also really, really important too. Yeah, it sounds geeky. Uh, and I admit to being a big geek, but it's really not. It's it's just something that I think with anybody who uses things to, to make their life easier, this helps. You know, this this just puts your mind at rest a wee bit. And it's something I'm always banging on to uh, to, to my stepdaughter and, and to my wife to make sure that, that they use it too. So I've used many VPNs in the past, but, but Nord does the market leader for a reason that is the best one 
and it was the one I would have recommended anyway. Uh, never mind the fact that, that we're sponsored by them now. But it's it's a really good tool. It's really useful if you need to take a short holiday for any reason. Then it's the it's the ideal thing for that. But for me, the the main thing is that I know flip this on and that's me nice and secure and I can go about my business without having to worry that I'm going to have to run the risk of exposing my, my my personal information to people that really shouldn't get a hold of it. You can get a NordVPN account as well through Heart and Hand with a fantastic discount as well. If you could go to nordvpn.com uh, forward slash heart and hand, H-E-A-R-T-A-N-D-H-A-N-D. Um, you'll be able to go straight into a benefit site, which will then give you a discount on that. If for whatever reason the, the uh, discount isn't there, you can just write into the coupon box, heart and hand, all one word, and you'll be able to then have your discount applied there as well. Go on and check it out, folks. It is absolutely fantastic. David and I both love it, uh, and we'd love to get you uh, using it as well to provide that safety and security, and more importantly, peace of mind. Thanks now. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Angels podcast. My name's David Edgar and I am your host as always as we begin our 12th season as a Rangers podcast. Can you believe it? It seems not that long ago that we were just a glint in the milkman's eye. But no, here we are, 12 seasons in, and now, of course, official media partners of Rangers. And I'm delighted to be back after Rangers' first league match of the season and joined by a stellar cast. First up, um, because of this media partnership, then we now have two people at Ibrox every week reporting on the match. One of them this week was me, and the other one was the mellifluous maestro of masterful melody, Mr. Martin Ramsey. How are you doing, David? Uh, listeners, good to be back, and back with a bang. And also joining us, but he wasn't at Ibrox because he's from Saltkits, is the world's most fun bus convener, Andy McGowan. Good evening, folks. Good evening, David, Martin. Um, you'll be glad to know I won't be joining your corporate shill, to, to paraphrase Bill Hicks. I will be staying in the stands with the real people, not with the media like you. Yeah, but I think you've got it the wrong way around in terms of the corporate shill. We're paying them. Right? <laughs> it's it's like a slightly different relationship. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yes, anyway. No, well, you, you couldn't get in anyway because of the anti-Solkits clause that they put in all the contracts, so that would have been you scuppered nonetheless. But Martin, you were there as Rangers, the defending champions, of course, took to the field to take on Livingston. 23,000 supporters in Ibrox for the match, which was fantastic to see, to get so many people back into the grounds. And hopefully now we are moving ahead to full houses sooner rather than later. You and I discussed before the match on Saturday that we remember Rangers opening day performances as champions, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And, and we sort of came to the conclusion that Rangers were usually rubbish on those opening days. And they were usually won, but it was quite often a struggle. But uh, there was pretty no fuss performance at the weekend and the job was done in a rather straightforward fashion. Uh, yeah, um, that's, that's very much uh, the, way, the way it turned out. Uh, it was in not quite fits and starts, but we the, the first ten minutes, for example, was 
full of energy and that 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 kind of enthusiasm that that um dynamic that we we seen so often last year that that ran synonymous with that um relentless theme that, that the manager tried to um and did and still in, in the league campaign uh the pace was great the cohesion was was super um we'll maybe talk about the selection in a minute but regardless of of the 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 bodies that he put out, it didn't seem to skip a beat. Um, and then we got that goal, and then we'll, we'll kind of what's the point in doing that? Huge game coming up um, in the next few weeks are going to be obviously important midweek. Um, so it was kind of at arm's length, uh, and then we we just upped it again onto that gear that, that's there. I think there's clearly a few more gears um, left to go if need be, uh, and. And that's what I took away from it, just a team in total control. We did joke a wee bit about the, the kind of nine in a row era. I think we had a, we had a couple of big ones um, against Delphelman and St. Johnson from, from memory. There were loads of scrappy ones. In fact, a defeat, obviously, to, to St. Mum as well. Right. Um, just not quite uh, getting into any gear. <laughs> I think because we, we kind of assumed that the, the rest of the country was so far behind that we we didn't need to really turn up until the autumn and then we'd, we'd, we'd push through and we'd be out of sight by the spring um but this might and hopefully is a a signal of things to come um the manager having complete trust and confidence in his squad to use options rather than use replacements when he needs to and them just looking absolutely no different and just in total control of a game do we need to up it right let's do that and then once it's done, we can we don't need to expend any more energy. Andy, something I noticed last season and I thought was was there at the weekend was this is a team who've learned patience. And by that, I don't mean sitting waiting for something to happen. What I mean is they know that if they are working the ball, moving it, doing all the good things that they do, as well as chances coming, it's very tiring for the opposition and that eventually the chances will come. They don't panic I suppose is is what I'm trying to say, and and I felt that was noticeable last season, and it, it was tempting to put that down to well, there's no crowd, you know, there's not that pressure isn't there, but it, it's a good habit to have or a good thing to believe that you know that just keep playing our game, you know that that's what top teams do, they believe that their game will eventually wear down the opposition enough, and I thought Saturday was a good example of that when Livy were having to work terribly hard just to to stand still and then eventually Rangers just overpowered them towards the end Yeah it's a total trust in the quality but we've got in the park and we'll go on the bench to be quite honest with you and I, I commented on it because I think the crowds are a bit better at, at um, clocking that now um, whereas in the past there might be a bit of impatience and there was one guy close to me who was kind of giving it you know, I'll get up the park and if the ball went across the back four he was, he was getting edgy and, and, I, and I, kind of said well listen this team are named getting a shot on target we just need to keep playing here and something will crop up because we've got guys like Ken right when he came on Hadji before that Sakali even you're going to get beyond you're going to have chances at some point so the patient thing you're, you're bang on there because I think the game kind of sagged in the middle and it almost became an extension of pre-season at one point and I think that's a reflection of what you're saying there it was it was always in the bag I, I, I wouldn't go as far as say it was a formality but we, we were so much in control and they were so far from causing us any problems in our own box, apart from set pieces, that it was, um, you know, it was a comfortable, comfortable afternoon. But we, we do have a big difference, do they, in that for two seasons ago, 
we now have loads of options that can score goals. And yes. That's a major, major thing now. David, you in those first two seasons, and obviously before that, you, you would be near cardiac arrest until we got a second. I mean, it was yes. it was manifest in itself physically. Um, have you relaxed a wee bit? On yeah. Because everything that we've we've just said. I mean, one 0 in any game of football, as we know, can always be precarious. The the odd deflection and set piece or whatever. Um, but this just looks a totally different animal. This Rangers team. I think that that's a, a key point. And I do wonder, and we talked about this last season, boys, but it's true that that desperation of winning the league has gone. That's not to say we're not desperate to win the league this year. We always are. But that almost maniacal look that we had on on the trophy, that that's it. we need that. We've got to get that back. Now that it's back, that... You can relax a little. The the team can't. They still need to do it. But there's also something Martin and I discussed this, and I'll get his thoughts on it in a minute, Andy, but I'd like to get your take. Um, things change in football. We know that. Cycles, etc. You've got to work for them, and Rangers have. But I was struck with that feeling the whole weekend because for the last few years, because obviously we haven't been winning titles, generally speaking, the champions in the opening day tend to get a... A fixture they'd be expected to win. It tends not to be one of the, you know, the top teams in Scotland that go there. That's no disrespect to Levy, but I'm sure they would understand their, their place in the, the ecosystem. Whereas the other old firm team, which unfortunately was us, tended to get sent to quite a tough ground for us because it made for good TV. And of course, at the weekend, that's what happened. And the other thing that kind of crossed my mind. And as I say, I'll come to Martin in a minute. I know his thoughts on it because we spoke about it at the weekend, but I'd like him to share that with the listeners. But I'd like your take on it. When you get into that position, David Martindale spoke about this after the match, that coming to, to Ibrox, when teams don't sense that vulnerability, there's a bit at the back of their mind when they go, look, this isn't a big a big thing for us. We're not likely to take points. We'll have a big game next week against a side that, you know, we, we need to be getting points off those guys to achieve our aims. And I think Celtic benefited from that a great deal over the last few years. Whereas for Rangers, we didn't have that because teams sensed vulnerability. Teams knew, especially before Gerard arrived, they have a right go at this mob and, and they might well crack. And at the weekend, just looking at the two games, I thought that's gone 180. That's changed completely. Absolutely. The the I mean, it's too easy to say that we've made Ibrox a fortress because. Um, well, it is twenty wins at twenty league matches. It is, but it's too easy to say that that it's more than that. It's psychological. I mean, these players coming to Ibrox, when they say that they know they're lambs to slaughter, but they know they're right up against it to the point where they're looking ahead to games that matter more to them. Whereas if you jump back even to Gerard's first season. You know, teams teams fancied their chances because there was still that bit of vulnerability around us. And and to go back to what we we're just talking about about scoring goals, even when it was one nothing, they always knew that they had a chance because we weren't a, a particularly high scoring team. If you know that that killer goal was something that was quite a loser at times for us. It was. So it was it was something that well that that manifested itself on the crowd getting in the in the players' backs and causing unnecessary pressure. That's all gone now because the crowd trusts them. But also, I think. A lot of these teams, hopefully, are coming to Ibrox knowing they're beat before they walk out in that park, which, I mean, we're of an age where we've seen that before for, for continued seasons. Mm. And then you're right that, well, 
Look at Warburton. Warburton's first game was up at Pataudry, wasn't it? I mean, God, uh, he's first the, uh, Warburton's first game in the top division was against Hamilton. It was a draw. Well, we went to Pataudry, I remember it could be, but maybe I'm, But, you know, Celtic going to Tain Castle is a tough game any time, but particularly so when they've got a new manager and, and, and four players. <laughs> they <want to> play. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right, the dynamics have completely changed. Plus, they're playing after us. We played at Vendee, points in the bag, then they've got to do it live in the telly, all eyes on them. Um, it's a psychological thing. And, and both the, the players that come at Ibrooks and the players at, at Parkhead will be feeling that psychological pressure. So long may it continue, because it's in your favour for now. Martin? Yeah, I'd go along with that. I think it, it, it is there in the in the ether, even as supporters. Um, you now walked out of Ibrooks on... On Saturday, David thinking, ah, they'll, they'll, they'll at least drop two points tonight. Now, <clears throat> Hearts are just up. Mm. Hearts are not very good. Yes. Um, they weren't expecting, um, well, I don't know what they're expecting for this season, but you know, the, 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 they're not the, the, the kind of proposition that, that we've seen over the years. Tynecastle has its own thing, and that's that's fair enough. But even we, with, with that knowledge, still felt you know, they'll, they'll definitely drop something tonight. Um, and if we're assuming that now, I'm pretty negative whether that's a psychological um, crutch or not. Um, like I'm, I'm sure they will win, but that's gone now. Even as a you know, I don't want to tempt fate kind of thing. I don't want to even watch them in case they score kind of thing, um, because the Rogers team would be in trouble at times, but they would win. And it happened last season, David. This is just an extension, obviously, of everything last season. Um, well, Celtic fans would be maybe watching us on the Sunday, away at St Johnston or, or wherever, and having the same hopes that we had for the, the first four years or whatever it was we were we were back up before we won. Right, they, they might they might drop something here, and your dreams are blown by halftime. It's two 0 it's three 0 and it's just this incessant, relentless machine. Um, and that everybody senses that vulnerability. Fans sense it, players must, especially at home. Um, and, and, and yeah, that obviously one game out of 38, there is a long old season ahead. But um, changing that dynamic is going to... Uh, it's going to be some job and it's not just about what Celtic do in terms of changing that dynamic and, and I don't know if they have a, a wonderful month in the market or whatever I asked the question at the weekend of the manager how do we you know, keep that focus reset find that hunger again it's not the obsession that it was we've, we've, we've won that first title back um, but sport's full of those holy grail moments you've seen teams, you've seen individuals get where they always want to get and then they, they fall off a cliff because they don't have that drive anymore. They've, they've reached that that summit. Clearly Rangers isn't like that. We're kind of built on, on league titles so are we capable internally, forget pressure from elsewhere because it doesn't appear to exist at this minute in time. Internally can we find that um, that, that reset and it, not the obsession but just a, a normal professional hunger to, to go and be the best in the country again and yeah early evidence would suggest that, that, again, we have that control just to up it as and when. Andy. Sorry, Dave, I was just going to say, there's two hangovers in Glasgow. There's a hangover of joy that we've got, and we're dying to get back on it. 
Right, we're texting each other talking about going back in the big hell that actually in grief and they never want to drink again. So psychologically, we are bouncing because you spoke earlier on about the kind of maniacal uh, fixation on the title. It was because it was a football and life or death. Mm-hmm. If we'd lost that last year, then we would be having that hangover. And because mm-hmm. you can't recover for that in one season, we we could have lost last year, won it this year, and they'd still had ten in a row. And, and, and it was mission accomplished for them. Whereas they can never get that back unless they go in another massive run. So the psychological impact cannot be understated. And we're on the crest of the wave and they're, they're, they're Captain Nemo at this moment. Yeah, you, you mentioned there about Rangers attacking options. And we started with uh, Kent, Hadji and uh, Fashion Scala. Scott Wright and Kamar Ruth come on and got goals. You've got Alfredo Morelos, Cedric Hitton there as well that are you know more than capable Jermaine Defoe that are all capable of contributing. Joe Aribo creative force in midfield uh, John Lundstrom was on the bench and although maybe not an out and creative player he's certainly somebody that will contribute and, and give a very solid basis for that. The amount of firepower there is quite frightening really. Well all I said last season and it raised a few eyebrows and, and I thought, I thought, thought a few folk talk I was drunk on 55 and I said it was the best Rangers team I'd seen and I'd go far as to say this is the best Rangers squad since Advocates Squillions question because I watched the game back yesterday because you obviously take it a different way than than being at the game and I was sitting there saying we have some squad if it stays as it is and I do do expect departures but as you've said there all across the front six we have so many options but it's not just a case of bodies, we've got we've got different types of players. So um, Hadji is a different type of player for for Wright as for Kent as for Sakala. You know, Aribo is a different kind of player for Kamara as for Lundstrom. There's variation in in the the squad for Arfield. I mean, we forgot about Arfield. who's a, no, Arfield, a very, of course. very very competent attacking midfielder. So you've got so many options that you've got to think that squad depth is going to pull through here but more than that if they're off it Gerard's got loads and loads of options that you can then give you those tactical inches for types of players so that'll be put to a test against Malmo obviously because we're losing Kamara and Kamara's just exquisite at this moment in time but as far as the squad goes you're sitting there saying we're in a really really good place and I mean I can't really think of one player that you would say don't fancy him. You know, Bassi mm. came in as good as Barisic, delivery-wise, etc. But he's still super competent, well above what we needed for that game. And then you've got Pars and I said, you've, you've just got so many young Kellys come in. I could go on and on and on. There isn't a player there that you're saying, Ken Rick, he's got to go. They're all of a level now that they're, you've not really got concerns if they were to come in and for an extended spell in the, in the, in the team. That, that's something neither, And neither does the manager, Andy. And that's the oh. difference. Um, those first two seasons, you can't win a league without a squad unless you're super lucky. <clears throat> but even then, these days, you just can't rely on 12, 13, 14 players to to, to win a league title. Um, which meant, I'm sure, in those European qualifiers, those early weeks and then in his first couple of seasons, he would have loved to have chopped and changed uh, freely and with, with total confidence. But he probably did rely, rely, rely again on, on a few players, especially in attack um, where he would love to just mix things up and keep things fresh, keep them fresh. 
Um, but he probably felt he couldn't. He was making changes because he, he maybe felt he had to, or only when he felt he had to. And that's that's the difference. If you want to be slightly concerned or critical, that they, they, maybe they're the only place in depth that we we still maybe aren't quite there in terms of reliability of, of in terms of fitness is is the centre of the park. Um, and who knows what that what those options will look like on the first of September. Um, I would guess different from what we're looking at just now. But we all said last last summer. Midfield needs big investment. We need two first team players. Probably got one in Lundstrom. Um, but we, we did not reckon on this Indian summer of, of Steve Davis, which just appears to be continued, but for how long is that realistic? Uh, and Kamara's consistency last year was was exquisite where it wasn't there before, right? That that wasn't a thing last summer. Um so will he still be there? Can you rely on Davis? Arfield Jack have big fitness issues long term in terms of um, getting more than six games in a row with them. Um, so that's the only place that uh, we'd probably look for, for maybe more options. But that's a decent place to be. I think as well that, that, that something you, you mentioned to me was the defence. Now we've got faith in the defence even with a couple of changes at the weekend because John McLaughlin has we've seen him, you know, it, it, it's not a case of he's an unknown backup, but we know what we'll get from John McLaughlin, and we're, we're all pretty happy with that. Calvin Bassey came in and, and did well at the weekend. Obviously, Liam Balligan was there ahead of Philip Hellander, who's who was later returning because of his uh, international exertions. But that is a mean defence. They've proven yeah. it last season. They're confident. And again, that's something because, you know, with this Rangers team, when, especially at Ibrox, when, when opposition come here, it it's not about getting the win. It's not even about getting a goal. It's about getting opportunity because that's how difficult it is to to take the ball. David Martindale said to us in the press conference afterwards, he said, first of all, Rangers are the team to beat. But he also said, there's nobody in Scotland can keep the ball at them. And therefore, you're working all the time. It never stops. And it just takes one lapse from your team. And suddenly, boom, they're away. They've done something. And I think you saw that with the first goal um, at the weekend. Now, Hadji still has an awful lot to do. The first touch is brilliant. But then a lot of players just hit it and it yeah. gets blocked. And instead, he takes the wee drag. And then still, he looks up and he puts it into the top corner. I mean, it's still a post stamp finish even after all that. So it's that it's that differentiating quality. It's that thing that, that just tips a team away from being a good side and towards something very special indeed and of course this team has won a league by 25 points they are special they went a whole league season undefeated but in terms of where they're going this year I think that, that every Rangers fan is entitled to be as confident as we all are because our team are proving it for us we are not doing this based on supposition or faith we are doing this based on the evidence of our eyes and what we know that this squad are capable of producing it's not just 20 um, games uh, at home in the league, four goals conceded. Ridiculous. Um, and you go back to, to, to confidence based on evidence rather than just hope, which every football fan is entitled to. At this stage, well, well, on Friday night anyway, every football fan had is, is absolutely it's, it's their birthright to, to have that optimism um, on the eve of a new season. Every single one that can be extinguished in a bin fire by you know Saturday Saturday evening. night 10 o'clock um, yeah but that, that 
that that that's fine. But but ours isn't just in fact. Christ, it has been in the last few years. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's a player in you know Zalelem or, or whomever. Um, you, you just you just try to convince yourself. You don't. We don't need to go through those hoops. Pardon the pun. It's it's there in front of us. Um, and I've said it on Twitter, and, and, and <laughs> it's the only concern I have is is complacency and looking around going well, you know but what 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 do we have to do here um we, we can slip into second gear if we need to and, and you can get your pants pulled down sometimes um, if you're not absolutely on it and that's that's ranger's biggest challenge um but the manager seemed still quite driven and quite happy to take that that responsibility of uh keeping them on their toes every um every week but I, th- I can't help but feel that's the position we're in it's it's only only we can beat ourselves it feels see i think long term that's inevitable at any any team now i differentiate Absolutely. team and club here because teams change and they break up and and i think it's inevitable after a while hunger goes people start to look elsewhere players move on all of that can happen but i really don't think we're there yet andy i don't think we are I don't even think we've approached that stage of it yet. I, I get the impression this team are not sated. And maybe in a way, the the big disappointments of the Cup last year, this is not a team who don't have anything left to do. There are still a lot of goals out there for them. And I think that in a way, as painful as it was last year, and, and I think we would all agree we should have won a treble last year, but I think in a way that it, it, it's kept them focused and determined to say, no, we, there's still a lot more we could add to this cabinet. Aye, and in my more positive moments, I thought that exact thought, David, that, that no one in the league, sorry, no one in the Cups could be, you know, well, it wasn't desirable. It, it, it leaves that gap of hunger. And then there's obviously the Champions League thing. I think we, we are sitting here very, very confident in everything we do. We've got supreme confidence in team on the park, the management squad, the football department, the board, everything is lined up at Rangers at this precise moment. And you just feel that. And and the players don't look any different than they did right in the heart of last season. You know, Goldson is a wild card. So if I'm a Celtic fan, the one personnel change I want to see isn't it Celtic, it's Goldson and something happening to him, either getting sold or getting injured because, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling something everybody doesn't know anyway, but He's, he's our Van Dijk, and if you take him out for a prolonged period, then you know it would be a, a far bigger test for an entire team when they part because he makes a huge, huge difference to the way we play. But um, things can change very quickly. I mean, the Champions League, if we get past Malmo, then we've still got a tough tie there. If that doesn't happen for us, and this is me being super pessimistic, I, I think we've got the strength, the resilience and character to keep going because... You know, we win the league this year and we're straight in next year. So it's it's no one of these things where I think this, whereas a couple of years ago, resilience was something I often spoke about. We didn't have resilience and we we're easily knocked as individuals and as a collective. I don't think that weakness is there now. I think we're far, far stronger and rightly so. Because we look at the, the personal journeys of Tavernier, you look at guys like, you spoke about Kamara, you know, Aribo and Hadji, young players that have, have been thrown in at Rangers with huge expectation and they're different players to what they were when they first started, physically and mentally. So they've all got to take that um, experience 
And that's what brings the ability to get through hard times. So if we do have knocks this year, and we will, because we'll lose a game, right? We can't go two seasons unbeaten. So at some point, they'll be hysterical. You know, Rangers have been beaten. That happens. We'll just pick it up again. I'm quite sure of it. And we showed that last year when we got knocked out of the Cups. Two major, major blows, and we just picked up again. That's a good, good sign. So um, I, I'm just delighted with where we're at, and I've never been so content. <laughs> but then the, the, the kind of alarmist Andy and me says, that's, you know, something's always going to happen. I don't know if it's a Scottish thing, but you're always thinking there's something going to knock you off your pedestal. But if it does happen, I think we've got strength of character through the club, never mind the team, to just roll on and keep going because we're in such a good place. Martin, something Andy touched on there. Now, not to go to you know Franklin Delano Roosevelt and the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, but it is kind of true that as a supporter, this is not me talking about the players, this is as a supporter, we are sitting here, we're raving, you know, and we're all excited and we were all at this on Friday night, we were all at this on Saturday afternoon, especially, you know, everything that, that, that went on. And there is a bit of you that goes, hang on a minute here, I've got to try and find something, right? Because I'm getting ahead of myself here. And then I think, well, well, am I? Or am I just reflecting what I'm seeing? Um, well, I think anyone saying, you know, 56 is in the bag is probably getting slightly ahead of themselves just by nature of time. But oh, Okay, it, sorry. But, it's getting, <laughs> but it, 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 it's getting back to that stage. And we kind of joked about that. That Darth Vader series, you know, there's a presence I've not felt since or whatever. <laughs> kind of back to that mid-90s, we, we are so happy with what we, we, we have. And everything else is on fire. Now, this can change. Football can change quickly. But it, it feels like there's a gap. Now, it, it's disconcerting because it really sh- there, there shouldn't be. We've climbed so high and so long to get back onto the, 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 the top in this country. It, it, it shouldn't feel like we've got such a big gap between us and the rest. Uh, it, it, I guess we all expected that when we did win the league, well, it's going to be nip and tuck for for, for, for a few years. We're going to be, you know, maybe win one, they win one, whatever. Um, but it's, it's a weird kind of feeling of, of comfort. Andy mentioned contentment and that, that's, I, that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the word. And, When's the last time we were content? You probably are going back to 99-2000. Even though those McLeish teams, Davey, those seasons were chaotic, right? Those were... <laughs> you, you, that <laughs> right to the very end. You, you're probably going back to 99-2000. And in terms of starting a season, looking... Aye. So, mm. we, we, we should do this. Um, and well, what, what can Europe bring? Well, that's what, what can Europe bring? What can the Champions League bring? No, it's slightly different because in '99 people are still talking about could we actually win it, especially when we 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 defeat Parma. But that's that's the only thing I can kind of um, relate this 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 feeling to in terms of Rangers past. That's like we have got balance and quality pretty much everywhere. Apart from that, that, that central midfield that I mentioned earlier, but you know we're we're, we're kind of nitpicking again. We'll see where we are on first of September, but we're, we're kind of looking at this. This is a good squad. And a manager that, that, that feels on his game, um, they they look this is you know Barnes esque stuff. Um, although he won at Petardry five 0 I'm pretty sure on the first day of the season. But um, it, we're just looking at a gap, and it, it, it it's disconcerting because it, I don't think any of us expected a gap to be there. Um, 
but uh, you know, obviously a long way to go. But that's, that, this is me talking, right? I mean, I'm, I'm no, you're, pessimist. Yeah. Um, Albert <laughs> You can only call it on, on, on what you're looking at. And, and yeah, August is a huge month for football clubs. We know that. We have, I don't think we've really experienced a, a dreadful window under Gerard, certainly not a summer one. Um, but but maybe that's maybe that's with the sting in the tail. Maybe you know we, we we lose a couple of big guys, big important players right at the very end. We can't really do anything about it. I would be amazed given how competent Ross Wilson and, and the manager have been in that department if they allowed that to happen. And maybe Celtic pull a few rabbits out of that. Who knows? Um, but as we speak on this Monday evening, I ninety nine is kind of what it feels like again. This, you made a point there that is just absolutely spot on, which is this is the first time in a long, long time that I can remember Rangers fans seeing Europe as something vital and exciting and, and to be looked forward to, as opposed to maybe a wee bit at the back of the mind going, yeah, but with other things, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, there's other more important things. Andy, you said on here a couple of times over the last few seasons, Champions League entry, which at the time did look quite far away would be like strapping a jetpack to Rangers. Now, of course, we have a decent opportunity, Malmo, uh, and then if we were to get through that, we would face a winner of uh, Ludogorets versus Olympiakos. None of those three sides are diddies. They're all good sides, so there's the, none of them are a gimme. But they are also winnable. Um, they, are, they are ties that you would look at and say, we will take that. If, if that's you know, to get to the Champions League, you'd be quite happy with that. Of course, none of this next season, the winner of the league this season gets in. So winning the league this year is worth, what, £35-40 million regardless. And the chance of making it two years in a row, what it could do for the long-term health and success of the football club almost can't be quantified. It can't be quantified and it would be utter vindication for every minute act that has taken us to, to this place and I'm, I'm going down to everything Dave King, the three bears, every single thing that's taken us to this place since we, are, we started to be right-sided would be vindicated and repaid financially to be quite honest with you um, I, I do think we need to caution it because you've said quite rightly there, there's no guarantee here, football, football can kick you right hard in the balls and Although we're saying, like, is it just a, a mentality thing where we're thinking that the worst can happen or it's just in the corner or, or everything's too good to be true? Anything can happen over the, the, the four legs that lie ahead of us, if we've caught them. And if it doesn't happen, then the, the real perspective that should be taken is that, OK, big opportunity missed, but we then should be, you know, we should be in the, the, the group stage of Europa, which is still worth £20 million. So it wouldn't be ideal, it wouldn't be the, the, the desired path, obviously, but if we get into the, the uh, Europa, then all is not lost and it's still financially, you know, it would it would keep the wolf through the door. It might see, um, you know, player, player trading accelerated a wee bit, but I think the board, if they're sensible, and they are sensible, will be sitting there saying, right, well, See if we don't get any chance like league this year, do we need to right side it right now when, as you've said, we keep going for league and you've got it? So you've actually got two bites at a 30, 40 million pound cherry, if you like. It could be an 80 million pound cherry, but, um, you know, I don't think the board are sitting there saying we must qualify this year and we must qualify next year. I think if you get one of the two, then it's still a very, very good return 
for what's been put in so far. I mean, you look at the player squad, just, just to look at the player squad, so we're not even going into off-the-field stuff, which is, you know, Ibrox was looking great inside there. I was, I was in the enclosure for the first time in years, and it was spotless, and the concourses were looking fresh, and the ground is, is up to, bang up to scratch, and Edgerton House, but you look at the team on the park, McLaughlin, Balligan, Aribo, Davis, Sakala, uh, Kamara, basically, all, bought for, all, all brought in for nothing, or next to nothing. Uh, you then had Lundstrom in the bench. So we have got our shit together for the first time in years. In fact, for the first time ever, really. So, you know, you go back and think about what used to get rent and follow, follow when we were running everything about the state of the club and how we ran our, ran our affairs in the transfer department, everything else, and medicals. We have never, ever been as professional and thorough and as um, joined up as we have just now. So I don't think that we're in a position where we throw the baby out with the bathwater if it doesn't happen in the Champions League this year. Um, extreme disappointment. I think we're resilient enough to come through it, but I think we'd immediately refocus and say, right, well, we just need to win this league now, and then you've got it. So, um, we're in, again, a really good position to be in, where, okay, you don't get in Champions League, you fall into, God willing, the, the Europa League, right? And then if you really want to get to Shit Street, then you, you fall into the conference. What do you make for that? 10, 10 million? Ten, yeah, about 8 to, eight to 10, they reckon, yeah. Whereas before we weren't even qualifying for Europe or when we were doing, doing in the, the, the lower league. So, and either, of those, either of those gives you a puncher's chance of winning a, a European trophy. I, I, I think that's... Whereas last I, season, people were saying, wouldn't mind if we didn't qualify for the Europa League, to be honest, because the obsession was the league. We don't want these Thursday nights, no thanks, nothing that can derail this. Whereas we just wouldn't even be considering that now. We are a European team again. Uh, and if that's the Europa League, then you know, as, as Andy says, fine, we can probably balance that with um, a, a league charge um, that that guarantees you that, that that Champions League football next year. If we were to make it past Malmo and then past probably uh, uh, Olympiacos, bonus time. Wonderful. Um, but it's, uh, as I said, we're, we're, our minds as fans, I think, have, have, have shifted now that we've just got that 55 thing kind of out of the way. Uh, and it needs to be out of the way. I think it's, it's, it is done now. And that, that was lovely. But this is Rangers. You, you should they really be going over the top about winning a title, as special as that was. It's what we do. Uh, it should be the norm. So, you know, what's next? Yeah, definitely. Um, we won't go into too much detail about the game against Malmo because a lot of you might not listen to a very close to kickoff. If you do want um, much more in-depth coverage, over on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Um, there's a full preview of the match, uh, listing all Malmo's key strength, etc. And also there's a, a separate show uh, that will drop at nine o'clock on Monday, which has an interview with uh, a, a member of the Malmo fan, fan media and you can find out what their thoughts on the tie are. But I watched some of their game against HJK Helsinki last week and they've got some good attacking players. Um, they won 4-3 over two legs, no away goals now, remember. Um, they 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 can put together some nice stuff. They play very high line defensively. I would expect us to make chances against the Monday uh, and it will be about making sure the back door's locked and taking advantage when the opportunities do, do come up. 
how different is European football two-legged ties now that we don't have the away goal? Because the old days of pulling a Walter, if you like, of clean sheet at home, go over there and get an away goal, that's gone now. You can't really do that. I, th- I think it changes the dynamic completely for us because, I mean, we are very familiar now with, with Gerard's approach in Europe and it's uh, Sonna Benitez, isn't it? He's really really adaptable and, and there's two distinct kind of ways that they play the home and away games. But they're adaptable and they're flexible, the Rangers team. And you've seen us, I mean, last year was a perfect example in the group stages with Antwerp. You can, you can up the ante whenever you want. We can put the foot in the accelerator and kind of throw caution to the wind if we want because we're, we're a good attacking team. So I, I'd like to think it helps us. It'll help us against teams that are relative peers. It'll not help us so much when you go away. If we do get in the Champions League and you're against one of the behemoths because, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> if you want to go toe-to-toe with them, then, then good luck with that. But If that happens, it means we're in the last 16, Andy. So, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to take that. <laughs> <laughs> But I think this, these qualifying stages, I mean, Malmo, Olympiakos, we've got to be looking at them as peers. You know, Malmo probably just below us, Olympiakos probably just above us in terms yeah. of, you know, finance and, and status and, and recent histories. But um, I, I'm looking for us to go out there and play our natural game now. And it just means you don't need to shit your pants when they score at Ibrooks, if they score at Ibrooks. You know, because we've all been there when the, the air's been sucked to the ground because it's not just a goal you've lost, it's an away goal, you know. Nobody's like, oh, no, and, and it changes the dynamic completely, whereas you can play much more of a natural game, and I think that will help us. Uh, it changes, the, it changes the, the importance of the order back to where it, it, it kind of used to be, that, that traditional British attitude that you want to be home last because of the, the atmosphere and the chaos and, and everything. And then when British football suddenly kind of realised the importance of away goals is a well, well no you don't you 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 want to be away last you want to be dangerous you want to have the, the game kind of on a on a knife edge and and where your goals are going to matter more um which is why I, I, I had a bad feeling about that Slavia Prague tie just because of the the, the way that the the the, the legs were, were were drawn I think it's kind of back to the old-fashioned way now um if you can just keep the things set up then you use that home advantage and it really becomes a real kind of cup tie in that second leg. But it's exciting. The only thing that can turn to me about this tie is the, the differentiation in, in fitness because, yeah. I mean, how many times have we drawn Gothenburg, Malmo, however, these teams, Scandinavian teams that are even just 10 games ahead of you? Hell of a difference to what that makes your match fitness. And we, I mean, we look sharp against Madrid. We look sharp for the first 10 and the last 20 against Livingston, I suppose. But they will be ahead of us in terms of sharpness and, and we'll really need to be in top of our game from, from the first minute, to be honest. I'm going to go on a limb, Andy, and say that we're probably in better physical condition than we were in Gothenburg 97. <laughs> I could have got a game in Gothenburg 97. Well, you didn't have to do any running, so, I mean, that was that, that was a strange, the strange thing about that away uh, performance uh, in Sweden that uh, Rangers decided to... I think we invented walking football that night, whatever they did. It was a lovely, you know, lovely night. night. If, aye, so everybody was just... You know what it's like when you get back for your holidays? You don't 
just get to your desk and go boom and into it. You, you you build up, you scratch your arse and read the paper and look at the window, as Billy Connolly said, and Rangers certainly did in 97, that's for sure. Um, and also against Strasbourg, like, a month later, <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, folks, the, that will do us for the first one. As I say, there's loads of great content over on Heart and Hand. Now, we are as we say now, and, and listen to Heart and Hand Extra from, from last week if you want more info on it, but an official media partner of Rangers, um, which means that we do get access to the club, we do get more in terms of things like interviews and all of that kind of content. You'll get it exclusively at Heart and Hand. No point waiting the next day and reading it in the paper when you can get it as it happens from us. And Martin, I just want to bring this up because I have been laughed at a lot for when in the presence of the gaffer, mm-hmm. fanboying, and when in the presence of Stephen Gerrard, like occasionally I'll say, good morning, Stephen. And he'll say, good morning, David. And you can hear my heart flutter in the few seconds that it takes for me to compose myself. And I have been la- I've been mocked, Martin, mocked, I tell you. Well, I did notice on Saturday that that, that wonderful mellifluous voice of yours raised a half octave when he fixed his, his glare on you. Um, could you explain to people that maybe, you know, haven't, been in that situation just what it's like with him and uh, the aura that the man has yeah I mean you and I have met many Rangers greats Andy has as well it's always exciting we're fans ultimately at the end of the day um, and some of those Rangers greats have been great value been great fun some not so much um, but it's it you know they're still human and you can kind of adjust to that quite easily. Uh, and maybe it's because we met a lot of those after, long after their, their, their time at the club, um, that, that maybe um, some of that that, that aura uh, disappears a wee bit just with age. But I don't think I've ever been in a room with anyone who has that, that sense of themselves in any walk of life. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I hope I'm kind of reasonably composed in, in my job and, and, and normal life and, and, and whatever. And, you know, people are just human beings. But um, I, I did catch myself <laughs> thinking, well, well, what are the words that are coming next? Because, well, <laughs> um, he, he, he is an impressive kind of guy. Sunis is maybe the only one that, that comes close. And I imagine when Sunis was <clears throat> in his pomp at the club, uh, that that would have been something very similar. But he just um, he just carries when he when it when it's a direct look at you when you're speaking. Um, and I mean, people talk about it all the time with, with, with famous people, big names. But that I mean, I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to meet quite a lot. Um, but that, yeah, there was something very very different. Maybe it was just because it was new. Um, but yeah, you he does he does carry himself in a in a particular way. Yeah, he does, and uh, I'm glad that he's in charge of our club. Mm. Yeah. I've got a young Padawan, and I was talking to him about various things and coaching, development, and everything. I says, I says, well, he needs a wee bit of gravitas. She's working on gravitas, and I didn't really think about what I was saying to him, and he's like, how do I work my gravitas? I says, oh, I actually know. <laughs> <laughs> gravitas is something that, well, Gerard had it, Walter Smith had it, I'm sure the CGC had it. I don't know what it is. What is it? Is it by virtue of achievement? Is it by virtue of the use of the way you carry yourself? I don't know. But you've either got it or you haven't. And yeah. by Christ, he's got it. 
And you can see that when the players join Rangers. I mean, we, we're old enough to remember players signing for Rangers and saying Sunus was the reason they signed, the yeah. one they play for him. And many of them, I mean, look at what Sakala. Yeah. It's because of Gerrard. He, he's obviously thinking, I might play for Stephen Gerrard. Lundstrom, I dare say, he's, that's a big, big part of that. It's the it's the weight of the man. Um, and that weight can be counterproductive. That, that can be very heavy on on players because of that gravitas, because of that stature. That it isn't just a normal manager berating you or pulling you up or digging you up. Um, so it, it does work both ways. Some people can feel 20 foot tall and, 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 and sometimes players can, can be completely overawed. But this is Rangers and we, we talked about Gerard, when he arrived, he will fill the blazer. Whether he's got the, the technical abilities of the manager, we'll, we'll need to wait and see. But there was never any concern the way we had of um, uh, Warburton or, or, or you know, Pedro or whatever. Um, he, he will fill that, that, that blazer. And if players can't cope with playing with that, well, you know, that's they shouldn't be here. I mean, that goes back to Struth. You know, uh, I hear you're a fine player, son, but can you play for Rangers? Yes. It's, it's a different ball game, and uh, and that's when you have someone as a leader, and you know Wilson does his job, and Part does his job, but but you know Gerard is the figurehead, and he empowers his coaching staff. By the way, he doesn't meddle in absolutely everything. That's the key to the success. But he's our figurehead, and Rangers and Celtic need figureheads. They need presidents. They need men of stature, project managers. Do not work. Spot uh, on. Nothing. Spot on. And uh, on that, um, because I, I think that we're all having such a, a jolly good time at the moment, uh, I will wrap this one up. Uh, my thanks, of course, to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles, who'd have thought we'd ever get 12 years in, guys. Yeah. And, of course, to two wonderful guests. Firstly, Andy McGowan. Pleasure, as always. And Martin Ramsey. Thanks, David. Thanks, Andy. And have an enjoyable season, listeners. I suspect. I just suspect we might. Right. Thanks for listening, folks. Cam will be back with you on Heart and Hand Extra later this week. I'll be back here next Monday. Until then, have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.